Hey everyone, this is Stefan Miller, and welcome to The Forever Student. Thank you so much for joining us today and just taking that first step to opening up your mind and becoming a better you. A month ago, I got the pleasure of getting to know our next guest. In 2010, she became one of Germany's top models and lived the supermodel life before moving to Bali and undergoing a complete transformation. She's now a mother who changes people's lives by teaching them how to incorporate food, yoga, and other forms of healing into their lives. From supermodel to role model, Laura Weil, welcome to The Forever Student. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Super happy to be here. And we're so happy that you're here as well. We uh, first got to know each other about a month ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had such an amazing conversation about so many different things. <laughs> And, and I think the first thing I wanted to ask you is what got you interested in the field of, um, of healing and of wellness? Mm, right. Um, I wouldn't say I got interested in it from an intellectual point. Um, it was a complete life-changing situation that um, just pushed me into it. Um, so I was in Thailand on holiday. It was the day before Christmas, about eight years ago now, I think. and. Um, they offered horse riding at the beach and I love horses and um, I can ride. So I was excited to do it. I went on that horse and it didn't go well. Um, the horse totally freaked out and didn't treat the horse well. So it spooked, it ran off and um, I didn't have a helmet. And um, there was a point I was on this horse. I knew I couldn't control it. I couldn't stop it. I couldn't, like, there's nothing I could do. And First, I complete panic, like complete fear of death. And then I kind of knew, for me, I knew, I'm like, this is it. And then I got calm, very calm. There was no more fear. It was just complete acceptance. And I could so, I could see so clear in that moment. Like the moment of, you know, fear is only when you think there's a way out, you want to change it, you know, and you struggle. It's a confrontation. But once you accept it, it's peace with it. It's part of you. So I was literally kind of dead. And my perception just pinched up. Like I would just see so clear the horse was moving so fast and it was trees coming, I was running through the forest and branches in my face, but I could just see so clear. And then I saw a spot where there was just a bit of grass, no, no, more, no more trees. And I thought, I'm just going to jump off there. So, um, and I did that. Um, but the horse kind of, I, I slipped down his belly so I landed under the horse and then the, the back leg, the back heel of the horse hit my, hit my hips. So I had, it, um, I had a lot of fractions uh, on my spine. I broke my um, lower spine in three parts. And I woke up in this MRI, which is very weird, so close to your face. <laughs> and I think everyone would panic being, going into an MRI and just freak out. but. Um, Nothing really mattered for me because I was just so happy to be alive. Like I didn't expect to be alive. You know, I really thought I was dead and I was alive. And all I did was just breathe. Just basically breathe out. You know, I was just breathing out all that shock and that fear and release this. And um, then the doctor spoke to me. And told me something about he had to do a surgery. Otherwise, I would be stay paralyzed. I couldn't feel my legs. And he said, you won't be able to walk. So we have to do a surgery and try to give me medications. But 
I was literally just so happy to be alive. <laughs> and I didn't want to deal with these questions, especially not in this little little village hospital in Thailand. There was uh, The doctor was very young. I'm like, you know, this is a major surgery on your main nerve and your spine. And if it goes wrong, you completely paralyzed. Um, it didn't feel right to me. And literally, I felt fine. I mean, I couldn't feel my legs. I couldn't walk. There was a lot of pain, but I was alive. I felt so fine. I felt so good. Like emotionally, you know, like inside of me, I was just thrilled. <laughs> so, um, so I managed to get back to the hotel and just um, be lay down flat at the beach with lots of books and lots of coconuts for a while. And I was healing all by myself. And um, I believe it was a combination of firstly the good foods they gave me. I was lucky I was at a yoga retreat. And in Thailand, they gave me lots of local herbs they traditionally use that are very anti-inflammatory. Gave me lots of turmeric and berries. And um, and I could feel the inflammation in my body going down. I could feel it healing. And And then the other aspect was really my mindset. I was really happy. I was breathing deep and I was... I was so happy. So I wasn't worried. I wasn't operating from fear. There was no need to change anything. I was, it was really peaceful. And within a few days, I felt my, my, um, my toes tingle and then I could move it. And three months later, I was back on high heels doing a fashion show in Tokyo, I think. Um, so that was life-changing. But that was not really what got me into it. Mm. I think having just that experience, I would just be glad and thankful. I mean, like, awesome. I was so lucky. What really got me into it was before this accident, I always thought I'm I'm healthy because I had no, nobody gave me like a condition or like, a, like said to me that I'm sick, I have a disease. But just because you're not diagnosed with a disease doesn't mean you're healthy. And really when I changed, when I was so extremely happy from the inside and ate all of this good food, my mood improved, my sleep improved, my skin got better, I would be able to focus better and literally just, yeah, I felt I was growing up. I felt I was becoming more person you want to be, like feeling stable in life. And from there, I was, from there it started to have um, really desires how to build my life. What, what do I want to do with it? So I just got really really clear and, and found more, more that I was taking more cho choices purposefully instead of just, you know, my, my free time, instead of just socializing or partying, I would just really do things that make me feel good. Uh, and that's really what got me into it mm. because, because I think everyone can just, you know, doesn't mean just because not having whatever diabetes, cancer, heart disease, doesn't mean that you are living your most extraordinary life like are you really really happy do you really feel fit are you or are you living with headaches or sluggishness or tiredness or being annoyed by day-to-day -day things that happen to you you know i think it's more about the quality of our lives that got me really inspired to do this and what made you go from um basic practicing it to teaching it and helping others as well well, firstly, I studied it. So um, while I was still healing, I signed up for an online training and then I signed up for university after. And I literally just got the knowledge. 
Um, so studied nutrition first, um, which was massive. And then for, for a while, I helped people purely change their life with food. Um, and then I kind of hit another point in my life where that was life-changing. Uh, and that was a breakup. And then I felt emotionally, like, really sad, like, really, really hurt and down. And no matter how healthy I would eat, I would fall sick. Like, my immune system was lowered. I would just have not enough energy and I would just feeling not really up all the time. And that got me thinking back to my accident. I'm like, that really changed that I saw that, you know what, it wasn't the food alone. It was mostly that I felt internally, like I I was so vibrant, like I was vibing on such a high frequency of life, of joy and happiness and life. And that had such a strong impact on, on health. And that, that's when I realized it. Like when I was constantly sick and not coping and constantly having a stomach flu or a cold or a fever. And I'm like, what's wrong with me? And I'm like, it's, it's your internal state. And then, um, and then I focused on that a lot. So, um, I was lucky to come across, um, an amazing teacher who is in his mid seventies and he heals people from, from cancer, depression, all kinds of diseases for the past 50 years. And he has never lost a, lost a patient Wow! and really extreme cases come to him where, you know, Western medicine has given up. A lot of people like don't really trust the natural healing process. They're too scared. So they rather opt for chemotherapy. But when your doctor tells you there's nothing you can do and you've tried it and, 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 it, and it fails, then a lot of people turn to alternative uh, treatments. Last maybe not just to, to heal. Maybe they've even given up and to believe that they can heal, but maybe just to make the situation a bit better and try to live their, their last bit um, yeah, better. And then they all come out healed. Wow. And so... So I went to him, I stayed at his place and I want to learn from you. So he, he has taught me a lot. And then, uh, yeah, I did my further studies and then I did my own practices, my daily practice. And then I see really what impact our mind and our emotions has on our health. And that's really one of the biggest, the biggest factors. And it's so overlooked. Like if you're looking at what's advertised, all these products are all food related, you know, superfoods here and a new diet product there. But who really speaks about like, what emotion are you feeling? What thoughts are you having? And every emotion and every thought that we have has a response in the body. Like if you're feeling anger, shame, guilt, or fear, it's not just in your head or wherever you feel it in your mind. It's, it's in ev every cell in your body experiences that. And it lowers your immune system. It lowers your function. It lowers your, your being. It lowers you being you. And, and what, like, Physically, what happens in the body, in a, in a cell, when you're, when you're fearful or when you feel guilt or sadness, cells contract because they protect themselves. And when they contract, they cannot take in oxygen, they cannot take in nutrients, and they turn acidic. And this is the, the environment for disease to, to grow, for bacteria to grow, for cancer to grow. So if you feel um, love and joy, and positive energy, your cells open up, they expand, they, you radiate that. 
So they can take in nutrients, they can take in oxygen, and they turn they don't they don't turn healthy because they get everything they want because that's their natural state. So you have to align your emotions and thoughts with how your body can be. And that's the ultimate disease prevention and reversal. And so how do you teach people to then take care of their emotions? Because I know that mm-hmm. um, you have a practice now since recently in Dubai called Become Alive, right. which essentially covers a, a variation of different practices and different lifestyle pieces that people can implement into their lives. But if we now first talk about the emotional piece of it, I'm mm-hmm. sure everything is very much linked. Yeah. How would you teach people that specifically? So this is the yoga part that okay. I do. Um, I think there's a very common misbelief about yoga all over the world, apart from India, so in the Western world. And that is that yoga it has something to do, or yoga is purely poses, and it's about flexibility, and it's about pushing yourself into a headstand or splits or turning yourself into a pretzel. And, and it really, there is a body, a movement part to yoga, but that's really just a small part. The, the big part about yoga is really your internal landscape. And it's about observing, getting, that, getting so calm and quiet that you can really observe what's going on in your mind to really get in touch with yourself. And we use the asanas, the poses, to, um, to calm down the mind. Because it's very hard if you're like in your day-to-day life, you're just, you know, just coming from work, you've been stuck in traffic, you're rushing somewhere, Dubai is really hot, you'll feel agitated and stressed. Now, if you come in and I say, sit down and meditate, like, <laughs> that's, that's like impossible. So the mind likes to do something. So we go into the poses, just, it's kind of like a step in between your stressful life from whatever you just experienced outside to get to meditation. So when you're really in a pose and you quieten yourself and stabilize yourself in a pose to be really still and firm and stable and strong, you build that energy that's behind this pose. So you become grounded and firm and strong, which you need to sit in meditation. So that's really all that the poses is is about. It's about quieting the mind so it becomes resilient and strong to when you are going to meditate to really look deep where you need to look. Because um, if you're speaking, if you're asking me what, how you get to these emotions, it's really putting up a mirror and looking at them. Mm. It's like looking at all of the stuff and the shit in your life, what's going on. Because it's, it's all in you. If there's something not working out in your life. There's some conflict within you and in order to transform that you have to look at it and that can be very confronting and uncomfortable and that's why that's what most people don't want to do this is what they need to do to change but they don't want to do it because temporarily it will feel uncomfortable before you change it and that's why many studios stick with the with the poses because that feels so good, right? You go into a pose and you can do it better and better and you can get your Instagram picture and you just feel pumped and boosted and cool. Yeah. It gives you, yeah, it makes you happy. Like you can, you can do this, but it actually is contraproductive to solving your problems because it only boosts your ego. It makes it worse. It's like going out, you know, you feel stressed and you like to go out and have a drink or scroll on social media. It's a distraction from 
why are you not feeling good? You just do something just to feel instant happiness. Mm. Yeah. And yoga has become that. You do these cool poses just to feel good. And then you can be like, oh, I've done this. How, how great am I? But you haven't really looked at what is there that needs to be solved. And that's what I do. So, um, so we, we get into meditation and I guide my students completely through it. Um, I'm teaching the concept of Hatha Yoga that is divided into moon, sun, and fire classes. And moon, let me start with sun, uh, with, with fire. Um, fire is kind of where everyone wants to go. It's illumination. It's awakening of Kundalini. I think a lot of people have heard of Kundalini. It's that energy in, our, in the base of our spine. And if it rises up, then you're just supercharged with energy. And, and it's just freaking amazing. But that's not how it works. When Kundalini wakes up, this, this superpower of energy going through us, it shines light on everything that's there. Everything within you gets amplified. So if you are having beautiful thoughts, like amazing things you want to do with your life, the beautiful family you want to create, or maybe helping other people or building a business, um, whatever it is that is really like in your pure good desires gets amplified. You will become better at it and it will become more aware in your day-to-day life that this is what you want to do. But your shitty parts also become amplified. My teacher used to say, if you, ha- if you were a little bit of an asshole, <laughs> you're going to be a big asshole. <laughs> yeah, All these little things that we have that we're not happy about ourselves, they become strong. So you see a lot of yoga teachers and students that do this awakening yoga, this strong, hot, um, fast yoga that, that really wakes up a lot of energy, that they become, they have split personalities. On the one end, they're like super inspiring and great. And on the other hand, their life is a disaster. And what I have learned, this mindful way of moon, sun, and fire is to prevent this. So first we teach moon, which deals with our mind. So we quiet our mind, look within in the meditation and remove obstacles. So all these things that we do that don't serve us, that are not good, we remove them. So there's five categories. The first is lack of clarity. The second is Lack of motivation. The third one is, it's a big one, self-doubt. Not thinking we're good enough. The fourth one is anger and reactivity and resentment. And the last one is physical health. So if we have any of these five obstacles, we're not going anywhere further in our life. They keep us stuck. So first thing is to remove this, to build confidence, to build Um, resilience, to form our clarity, to remove um, anger and hate and build more love and compassion. So once we've done that, we're basically sweeping our floors, you know? So they sit basically, if I say floors, they sit in our lower chakras. People have heard of chakra before. So in our lower chakras, this is where we store all of our unresolved emotions. So moon deals with this. And then we go to sun um, so after a while, you know, if you practice this for a few weeks or a few months, however much is there to resolve, you will feel your life naturally, you will feel you become emotionally more stable and you will feel that you feel more uplifted and happy and more grounded. So whatever happens in life, it doesn't throw you off anymore. It doesn't matter what someone said to you, mm-hmm. you know your own worth and know who you are. 
And that's a good sign that you're ready to move on to sun. And in sun, we do the opposite. Sun feels really good. We build the beautiful parts in you. We're just going to make them stronger. We really connect you to your purpose. What is it that you want to do in your life? And get really, really clear about it. And then pump ourselves up with lots of um, energy. So um, the poses we do are different. Yeah, in, in moon, when we want to ground ourselves, we do a lot of forward folds. Yeah, because forward folds are very grounding and very calming. And in sun, if we want to, you know, build up our good parts, we're going to need energy to, to um, turn our lives to really extraordinary. So we do lots of backbending, chest opening to bring energy into the body. And once we've cultivated that, um, you're ready to move to, to fire. And fire really is just, you know, um, tuning it up from sun, just really living your life on purpose, really living an extraordinary life. Uh, really doing all the things you 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 want to do. That's beautiful, and I think yeah. one <clears throat> you take the you take people through an entire journey, right? Yes. Like I think you you really take people through these three different phases, um, and it builds like a sustainable impact on their lives instead of like the short temporary solution that you often get yeah. from going to a hot yoga class or or whatever it might be. I think mm-hmm. that's incredible. So. So, yeah, it's quite personal. You know, I'm a little we're a little boutique studio hmm. and I really want to get to know our our students and help them and, and be there after class. Like what what is where are you standing in your life? Where do you need the support to guide them which class is right for you and and, and help them um work through this and, and, and become better. And I think what's great is that you don't uh, there's there's no real barrier to entry when it comes to the physicality of it. I think often certain yoga classes are quite intimidating to to be a part of right. uh, because you feel like you need to be at a certain standard. Yes. I think when what we're talking about now tackles so much of both the physical aspect as well as the mind. And I think more the mind uh, than the physical aspect, um, which, is, which is incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think what I'd like to do now is then, uh, I think that really tackles sort of the yoga piece. And I really wanted to move on to the food element of it because mm-hmm. I was so fascinated by our conversation last time where we yeah. spoke about how food heals. And you spoke about your teacher um, and how he was healing disease and or preventing disease by the use of food as well. Um, could you talk a bit more about that and sort of um, how what you do for your um do you call them clients? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Could you talk a bit more about how how you basically implement food into the preventing or healing of disease? Um, um, well, I think it's not really, as you said, you know, moving over from yoga to food. Mm. It's not different things. Um, food has has an impact on all our layers. Yeah. So it has an impact on our mood, our our thoughts, our emotions. Um, it whatever we eat has um you know affect our hormones. So it's not really like yoga is the emotional part and food is just physical nourishment for mm. the cells. Um, it it really has a strong impact how clear we feel, how focused we can be. The the 
the quality of our thoughts. And well, when it comes to um, really looking at how good do you want to feel, you know, you want to have high levels of energy and you want to have a lot of clarity in life, you got to look at food in terms of energy. So um, instead of restricting yourself to eat certain foods, like really look at, um, so instead of following a diet, I cannot eat this, I can, but I can eat that only. Just look at yourself and make a decision. How do you want to feel today? How much energy do you need? How clear do you want to be? How uplifted do you want your spirit to be? And then look at that food. Does this food looks like it has these qualities to you? So if you're looking at a watermelon, right? It's light. It's, it's full of refreshment. If you're looking at a pizza, it is dead. It is sluggish. It is cloudy. So basically, whatever you eat, your mental state and your energy levels will, will, will be as the energy levels of the food. And, you know, if you understand this, it's really so easy to make a choice because you don't fall for any marketing trap that's out there. And you don't need all of these superfoods. You just really need to make a choice. How do I want to feel? Or how am I feeling right now? Do I want to calm myself down or do I want to lift myself up? And then make a choice based on that, what to eat. So coming in from a yogic perspective, food are categorized not just into vitamins, minerals, and proteins and carbs. They are really categorized by their energetic state. So there is food that's called positive pranic food negative pranic food and zero pranic food. Prana means energy. Mm. Yeah. The vibration of it. So positive pranic food is food that brings you energy. So these are fruits, these are vegetables, these are whole grains like quinoa, brown rice, beans, lentils. Um, these food brings energy. So it's positive pranic. Then there is negative pranic food, which takes energy away from you. And it agitates you. It makes you more um, more angry and, and, and less, you will have less patience because it is overstimulating the nervous system. In this category is foods like onion, garlic, chili, coffee, alcohol, nicotine. These give you um, a short-term boost, but in the long term, they really agitate your nervous system. And if your nervous system feels nervous, overstimulated, then soon after your mind will feel the same. You will experience anxiety, nervousness, um, having being short fused, having a short span for, you know, you might be snappy. It's because you're taking in food that has that energy. Um, now it's nothing wrong to take this occasionally mm. when you want it, or really like medicinal. Sometimes you might have an infection or bacteria going on. Taking some onion or garlic can, for that benefit of being antibacterial, antiviral, can be beneficial. But if you're taking it on a day-to-day -day basis, your nervous system really becomes, um, yeah, becomes um, damaged. Yeah, And then there is zero pranic food, which is the most dangerous. They don't give you energy. They don't take energy. They make you dull. And this is most food that people eat these days. This is really dead food. This is processed foods. This is pizza and pasta and gluten and white bread and, and, uh, and sugar. All of this food makes you really dull. So if you consume this over a period of time, really your intellect starts going down. Your level of consciousness starts going down. Your appetite for life, your joy in life starts going down because you just feel none of any 
energy. And if you don't have energy, what, what drives you? Mm. So I think if you want to, yeah, if you're looking at health, it's like, well, how do you want to be? I think that's and, a very... And living, you know, not like on a short period, not in a hardcore detox, not in a diet, yeah. you know, really over a long period of time, I'm talking about 20, 30 years from now on, you know, lots of people getting Alzheimer's or heart disease or just physically not fit. And other people are thriving in their 70 and they feel really fit. And it's really, how have you treated your cells and your mind over a long period of time? And I think the way you've explained it is actually a very sort of simple way of looking at it. Like it's not, um, it's just, it's, it's almost common sense the way you explain it. It is. You know, it's not something that, that seems like rocket science. I, I yeah. think if you look at these high energy foods that you've mentioned, I think everyone knows that, that these are foods that are good for you. Um, yeah. It's now, you know, educating people um, to really push them to start implementing them into their daily lives. Yeah. And I mean, isn't that great mm. that it's so simple? Yeah. Because what I observe in, in my clients is a lot of people have a stress relationship with food because there's so much out on the internet, so many things to try, so many diets to follow, they're overwhelmed. So whatever they eat, they either feel like, have I done the right thing? What's the consequence of this? Will I lose weight? Will I gain weight? Oh my God, this, they feel guilt. A lot of times you eat something and you know it's not good for you, you feel guilt. And as I already explained, your these emotions have a much higher impact on your cells and your well-being than actually whatever. You just ate a donut, but you feel really guilty about it. A guilt will be much worse for your health than that donut. Mm. So knowing how simple it is, it should be uplifting. It should be fun. It should be like, you know what? It doesn't matter if you eat this once in a while. It's really like what what are most of your choices? And that takes the stress out of it, out of eating. Yeah. And do you, do you feel that it's uh, the same sort of thinking is applicable to weight loss? Because I think that a lot of people um, are sort of looking for this magical answer, or this magical diet that's going to help them mm. lose weight quicker. Um, but I think that just the energy, the energy foods that you mentioned before, mm. I think just implementing those as regular as possible into your diet um, and being smart with kind of the amount of food you eat, what then result in weight loss? How do you feel about that? Yeah, you know, um, I think if you're having weight problems, um, it comes from the food you eat and mostly that's cravings. So if you're having certain cravings, it's, it's a strong indicator that you are malnourished. You're lacking nutrients. So if your cells are not getting the right minerals, then they will crave it and they will crave it in the fastest way they can get it. And that's how you end up in this cycle of constantly craving these foods. Though you want to lose weight, you don't want this, you still, you still cannot stop it. Um, but once you start fueling your, your body what it needs, um, the need for it, the strong craving will naturally fall away. So I find it very easy with my clients to start when they want to lose weight, to start them on a, like a two-week detox very really for a short time take out a lot of things and just put highly nutrient-dense foods in. And, you know, for a short period of time, they can do this. You know, for two weeks, they're really motivated and do that. If you think for your whole life, you're like, oh my God, I'm not going to do this. But if it's for detox, it's fun. You might be doing it with your, with your husband or wife or with a, with a buddy. And, and that's really doable. And 
what's really interesting is after these two weeks, their cells have been so nourished like never before. They're naturally um, not having these cravings anymore. Yeah, you start making so the right decisions. Yeah, you make the right decisions because you're not beating yourself into that because it's naturally so much easier. Okay. And so, you know, the more you reach, like again, like it's all the mind, right? The more you reach clarity, you wake up in the morning and you're not tired and sluggish, you're actually clear and positive. You're actually like happy for no reason. Once you've experienced this continuously over a while, like in a detox, then you eat that pizza and you really notice like, boom, how you get down. You don't want that anymore. You naturally want to just feel uplifted. Yeah. And getting to that space, that state, that's freedom. When food doesn't control you anymore. Yeah. So instead of forcing yourself into that, I think really clear up your cells first and then, um, then it becomes easier. It's really the way to go. And do you have advice for people who, I think you've kind of just touched on it, but who struggle to stick to eating healthy? And, or exercising for that matter, or, or sort of sticking to any sort of practice that's good for you, but might be difficult mm. uh, to stick to in the beginning. So just to really get committed to it. Do yeah. you have advice for them? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> I've experienced it myself. You know, I set myself a goal. I really want to do it and it works for two days and then totally not. Mm. And then totally not. And I don't know what to do. I'm like, but I really want this so bad. You know, it is not about wanting something so bad. It's about the quality of your desire. What do you really want? So if it comes to losing weight, your desire must be more than I want to look good. Because that's not a strong desire. That's a very superficial desire looking good on the outside. Your desire needs to be coming from your soul. What's the person you want to be? What's the things you want to do? And your current state is stopping you from there. So. If your goal is really shallow and not very strong, the the cravings in that moment, they will be stronger than your goal. So, you know, whatever habits you have now that are not good for you, they have a certain power. Mm. They have a strong power and it's controlling you. So to change that, you need to attack it with a power that's stronger. Otherwise, you will not, you'll not succeed. And that power, I believe, come, has to come really from the inside. It has to be a super strong purpose. So my advice is get clear first what you want in your life. And coming back to yoga, you know, like what is it you want to do? Pick a super strong purpose. And then naturally, whatever you do in your day, you can be like, does this support my goal? Whatever you do, and this is not just food, you know, it's our day-to-day little things we do with how much integrity do we do them, which how much awareness do we do them and line up these little things. If you really have every day, your strongest goal, your purpose, whatever your, your heart desires, if you have that in front of you, then these little things will be easier. Yeah. Yeah. I think as soon as you have real clarity yeah. On on where you want to go, um, sort of clear visions and clear goals that you want to achieve. Yeah. And of course, make plans to get there. But I think when the vision is so ingrained within you, yes, that's when um, nothing is really going to sway you. Correct. From that, do you have any daily practices yourself that? Let me phrase this right. 
do you have any daily practices that you don't miss and like you, you never skip them? Um, unfortunately not yet. Okay. There was a few times I skipped my morning meditation and mm. it really shows my day goes different. I hardly miss them. Yeah. I really, 95% of the time I'm on it, but those 5% really show me how important they are. If I wake up in the morning and I turn on my phone and I go on social media and I go on WhatsApp and I open my emails and I start to fry my brain before I fried my mm. eggs and before I put any energy into my body. My whole day becomes, you know, I, I run out of energy later. Becomes sluggish. You become sluggish. My mind goes everywhere, just yeah. jumps quickly, you know, distracted from one thing to the other. And I cannot really, and you're not really noticing it. And from there, you make choices that, that really, it's like a spiral that, that sucks you in. But if I just leave my phone off, like really off, not just check a little thing because like, like for me, there's, there's no such thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, if I really keep it off and I do a few movements and then do my meditation and really connect, you know, I, I work on this transforming negativity that I said, really work on that motivation, work on your clarity. And I really sit for like 10 minutes, 15 minutes. And I do that and everything becomes clear and you just charge yourself out so much power and you're so focused, my day goes completely different. Mm. Completely different. Yeah, I realize whenever I don't stick to my healthy habits, mm. so whether it's exercise or whether it's meditation, uh, whether it's healthy food, I, I, you go towards a direction that you don't really want to go. Yeah. I, you become very distracted, I think. Distracted, yeah. yeah. And then, you know, it's so easy because in this world, this world is so overstimulated. We're constantly around, everything around us is hectic and fast-paced. Mm. Like and through all our senses, it's noisy, it's loud. There's constantly something to look at and advertising and banners and phones. Our senses are in such an overdrive. If you start your day like that, you just, you just pull in more of this. It even you happens need, when you then have conversations with people or whether you're trying to focus on your work, like your mind starts wandering and it's just all over the place. Yeah, And I think that's why like right now, you know, we're in a studio that's soundproof and our phones are off and, you know, it's a quiet space. And I think that really, you see that it just allows for a very present sort of conversation as well. Yeah. 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 And it's also a good sign that, you know, whatever we surround yourself, whatever we surround ourselves with has an impact on us. So really, um, you know, it's no joke that, you know, like good music, Go out in nature, mm. spend time with animals. These things make you feel better and they have a de-stressing effect on us. Just have to do them more often. Absolutely. We spoke a month ago um, and I was so fascinated by specific practices that we discussed that can prevent or even treat disease. Could you talk more about that? Are you talking about uh, the diet part or? Um... I think we tackle the diet part. Are there any forms of, are there any other forms of healing that you uh, have learned from your teachers in the past or that you currently are teaching yourself? Well, I, I think it's what, what we, it's the combination of what we spoke about. It's really your emotional states and your, the, the thoughts you have. Mm. Um, everything you take in, how you live your life. So, you absorb everything. So what people are you hanging out with? What are you reading? Are you reading the news, which are constantly negative, full of scarcity? 
or what's the music you are listening to? Is it some heavy metal? Is it something that's literally uh, damaging to your cells? You know, it's, it's our, our cells vibrate. Every electron in your body has a certain frequency and vibrates. And optimal, you know, how we come into the world, it is harmonious. Mm. It's like it's really tuned in its right frequency. But then, you know, over time with all of the influences on us, um, the frequency changes and they get, um, they get chaotic and they get dysfunctional and the vibration lowers. So whatever you do, um, it's important that it, it uplifts and harmonizes your own frequencies. So um, I work as well with sound healing. Could you tell us more about that? Because I'm super fascinated by that. Yeah. Um, well, sound healing um, really goes very, very deep. So it's not just that you're listening it with your ear. Your, your cells absorb the sounds and um, they're specifically tuned. There's a few different tones that are tuned to your own frequencies and your various body parts. And um, you can basically tune up your cells with this. So whatever is you know, dysfunctional or vibration is lowered, you can, you can raise the vibration of, of the cell. And then the cells after that remembers this and, and still resonates it even after the session. So doing this a couple of times is like waking up your cells to really uh, where they, you know, why they came here and how they were when you were born. How would it, like, could you take us through a session of sound healing? Like if I came into your studio mm -hmm. uh, for a sound healing session, mm -hmm. how, how does it go? Because I think a lot of listeners will probably wonder the same thing. Mm -hmm. um, it depends on what kind of symptoms you have. Okay. So if you are someone who suffers from anxiety, is highly stressed, has a very fluctuating mind, distracted mind, I would do something that is grounding. I would strengthen the cells in your body that are more, um, more there to ground you, to stabilize you, and that are not activating your mind. So I would play the tones, how I've learned them, in an order that is really relaxing and you feel like really refreshed and grounded and what? centered after. If you are more sluggish and you're lacking motivation and you have energy problems, I would do the opposite. You know, I would play something that is stimulating your energy and uplifting your, your spirit and your, the flow of your cells in your body. And what kind and of I have, sounds I have these? actually, you know, this is like, this is not some mystical woo-woo stuff. Mm. You know, I really have patients and clients with, with results, like mentally, but also physically. Um, uh, I have some people with headache and they really feel pain relief or, or spinal problems. Like this really helps with lower back pain. Like I have a lot of people that come out and their muscles were spasming during the session and then they relax. So the muscle releases something. So if you're constantly tense, then, then this really um, um, unblocks energy blockages. And I had, a, I had a client with arthritis. And she said she felt all of her, her joints and, and bones in her body doing the sound session and she's had such a relief after. And, and then she knew how she would feel. Like, you know, while I was playing and had a physical response, but also mentally. And she noticed, she's like, it's just because I have this because I'm just so tense all the time. I'm constantly worrying. I, and doing the sound session, you really don't think. It really gives your mind a break. And, what yeah. kind of sounds, uh, what, how do you play the sounds? Um, I use singing bowls. Wow. Okay. Yeah. They're made out of crystal and I place them all around you. 
um, and the toot from C, D, E, F, G, uh, back to C, like a whole octave. Where did you learn how to play them? Um, I did my training. I did my course there for, to be a sound healer. So I'm, I'm certified in it. That's incredible. Yeah. I think so. And it's like, you can like, um, it has a deep, deep, deep um, impact as well. Not just on, like for example, on things like cancer. So my teacher I mentioned before, um, the, the old teacher who is cancer patients, um, he uses a sound bed where he plays these frequencies um, that are strengthening the immune system, that are strengthening your lymphatic system. Because the yogis actually found out on what frequency each organ um, vibrates. So if you play this, your organs just strengthen and then they can t take care of your health. And, and it's also the other way around. If you have a cancer cell, a cancer cell has a certain frequency. So you can use a certain frequency to put onto the tumor. Um, I, I was witnessing one of his sessions where there was a woman, she had a, a, a breast tumor. It was literally sticking out of her. You could see it. And he would place a um, speaker on it and he would play a frequency that literally um, shatters the density of those cancer cells. You would weaken the cancer cell and bring the cancer into um, dysfunction and misalignment. That's so fascinating. Like everything vibrates. So if you look at life like that, then you can you can affect anything. There's nothing that's impossible. There's nothing you cannot influence. So it's about taking full responsibility over your life and not depend on medication. Yeah. And a combination of now we talk about food, we talk about sound healing, yes. and we talked about yoga. And one topic that I wanted to touch on, which I know is very dear to your heart is about being a parent. Hmm. Uh, I'm not a parent yet, but you have a beautiful daughter and her name is Seven. Um, hmm. And I think you're raising her quite differently compared to a more common upbringing. <laughs> she, from, from what I've seen, uh, is such a happy kid. And I just wanted to ask you if you could take us and talk to us through about what you're doing differently. Mm -hmm. There's two aspects to it. I, I really do parent very different to what, what you mostly see. Mm. And I think that um, most parents think that parenting is about control. We have to show our kids how to live because they don't know. Treat them kind of like they're not even human. They're kind of stupid and we need to show them how it's right. And, you know, such, an, such a need to control stems from fear. It stems from the parents' fear. They fear if they don't control the child, the child will not turn out in a way that they will fit in. They will not be liked. They will maybe not be successful, not be able to live the life, you know. There's so much pressure in our society. We need to live, so you need to, you need to live up to this. Um, so if the child will not reach all of that, it will not be happy. So it's a, it's, it's a fear that our child will fail or not be happy in life. And... Um, this is very dangerous because if you raise a child like this, your child will start to feel very insecure. It will not know his self-worth because it constantly has to prove something. And it will look for outside validation. It constantly needs approval. Am I doing this right? Am I, am I good enough? And if it doesn't get it, it will feel anxious. And um, yeah, really, like what all the things we dream our kids to be successful and happy, it will be quite the opposite. We start a circle of drama, you know, 
So my parenting is more about supporting my child in her uniqueness. What is her, you know, we spoke about how we should first find our vision. Mm. What is it that really our heart is calling why we are here? What's our desire in life? And that's the same for our child. In order to be, to be really happy, to live a super vibrant life, they got to live their life how they, what their heart desires. So I try to raise her about becoming aware of that, what that is and support her in that. So I'm not trying to form her into anything what society thinks my child has to be. And then she will just, you know, you cannot be like that. You can never f be perfect, you know. So don't even try because it just, it just leads to unhappiness. So um, this doesn't mean that I don't have boundaries. A lot of people think, like, oh, you, so you don't... Uh, tell your child anything and she can just do freely what she wants. That's not what this is about. It's about um, setting the right boundaries. So whatever rule I have, is it like, is it supporting what someone else wants, what society wants? Is it like them and just, you know, because this is what, mm. you know, what is manners? Or is it like, I'm putting this rule up because it will be really bad for her because this will not, you know, lead to her ultimate happiness, to her big goal. So my rules are more centered around her soul. So binge watching TV or eating candy all day, if, I, you know, if she will not be able to live up to her most amazing life if she has food cravings and addictions and lack of clarity. So everything that really, you know, how, like in my generation, a lot of people were raised this way and now we have to deal with undoing this. Mm. So I kind of want to prevent that. So I set rules, but they really serve her higher purpose. They serve her soul. And it's not the rules um, that I'm, I make for her every day to control her. Um, and another thing you said is, I think, also dangerous. You said, my child seems to be always happy. I think that is a very unrealistic goal. Mm. And I think this is so common in lots of parents. We want to see our kids so happy. So what we do is, it's again control, we interfere. Whatever is there, they had a conflict with someone else, with a friend, or they're unhappy about it, we try to fix it for them because we want them to be happy. They will not learn resilience. And they will not learn a valuable lesson in something. If something doesn't go their way, maybe it's good. So. If they feel, if they have a fight with a friend and you just try to fix it and please everything, well, maybe not, maybe this friend doesn't fit into your life. Maybe that's not the best person to hang out with. And if you constantly want to fix everything and you want to please everyone and she should f be friends with everyone, how is she going to learn her own boundaries? How is she going to learn to pick what is good for her and what not? By herself. By herself. So if you constantly fix everything around them, they will see that Life has to constantly be happy. Yeah. And to reach that, you constantly need happy experiences. So you will not be able to be emotionally strong. So you constantly need something that makes you feel good. We're speaking again about food addictions. We're speaking again on social media. All of these things that make us feel good in that moment, but they really stop us from living our best life. So sometimes we need a bad, sometimes we need to feel sad. And it's okay because if we're aligned and if we are following our true purpose, if you remind your child is 
why are you here? What's your biggest desire? What's your, what's your soul calling for? Then maybe whatever you just experienced is irrelevant. You don't have to fix it. Like experience the sadness for a bit. Fully. Fully. Experience yeah. it fully. And then really be like, whoa, how can I learn from this? How, how can I change? And then align myself again to my goal. If I constantly need to, if I don't allow myself to, you know, to not be unhappy sometimes, I mean, you're just, it's exhausting. Do you have rules when it comes to your daughter and technology? Um, I think technology and the internet and all of these devices is an amazing opportunity to connect people. Like, look what you're doing. I think yeah. this is so amazing, this show that you created, so you can spread this more. Like, 200 years ago, people, you know, the only influence you had were, were your family and your neighbors. Yeah. And what if they all think alike? Then you never really get a different viewpoint. Nowadays, I learn from someone who lives maybe in Canada or somewhere, whatever. I learn from people who I want to be connected with that I find inspiring. So I think technology is something amazing. But, it comes with the dark side that it can also feel, you know, feel the bad things. Mm. So you just have to make a choice to to use it for for the good. I use mine to, like, I am German, but nobody around me speaks German. So she, so I want her to 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 learn the language, to be able if she wants to travel back later there to be able to speak. So I use it to, you know, I use Disney. I'm like, you can watch this in German. <laughs> it helps <laughs> me to, to teach. You know, <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's all bad. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So what we want to move on to now is a segment that we call asking for a friend. Mm -hmm. um, asking okay. for a friend is all about asking the questions that we might be afraid to ask or um, we might feel stupid to ask or whatever it may be. And so I've got three questions for you. Mm -hmm. um, the first one is what steps can someone take to become happier today? Or in the near future or in the long run? Practice gratitude. Mm, we haven't touched on that yet. Focus on the good. The more you focus on the good, you're building the good. Do you have a specific like kind of way that you, you as Laura practice gratitude? I think there's a lot of gratitude practices out there. I've never done one, but I, I just sometimes check in with myself and just look and be like, wow, there's so many beautiful things. You just have to stop and see. Mm. Not wishful thinking, just see what is there. Because that's, life, is, life is everything. Life is good and life is bad. If you stop and just look at it as it is, then, you know, it's all there in front of you. Yeah. We had a guest on the show last week who... We touched a lot on on gratitude as well, mm. and and we spoke quite extensively about about that and about just ways of doing it on a daily basis. Um, she was very much into writing, so mm. journaling or writing mm. a few things that you're grateful for every day. Um, and I think, like I've tried to do it um, as much as I can, and and similar to you, at least take some time out of your day whether it's 30 seconds or five minutes or whatever mm -hmm. it may be, and really focus on the good in your life. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. The second question is, what are your biggest daily struggles and how do you deal with them? It's my child. Okay. She triggers me all the time. In what way? 
I don't know, she throws some food all over the place okay. and then I have to clean it or she cries. Like, I'm sensitive to noise, mm. high-pitched noises. If there's a cry, I'm like, I want to stop it. Mm. But this is exactly what I just spoke about. I have to then literally, you know, do this work that I'm that I'm preaching and take a breath and, and reflect it back at me. Why am I triggered? How can I change? She's just, I call her not my child. I mostly call her my awakener. She that. awakens me to all of the things that I need to heal about myself. So it's a challenge, but it's really transformative because every time I feel like I want to snap or I'm losing my patience or I'm annoyed that she threw the food and I want to tell her like, why do you throw food? I'm like, is it really that food? What is actually bothering me and why? And mostly it's something that happened in our childhood. And um, yeah, working through that, seeing everything as a as a as a as an opportunity to change yourself. So your daughter is essentially helping you grow day by day. Oh yeah, yeah, she's really changing me. I love that, and I'm sure it goes both ways. <laughs> um, the last question of the day mm-hmm. is. How do you deal with negative people or negative energy around you? And the reason I'm asking this question is because I often feel that we are voluntarily or involuntarily surrounded by the wrong people and the wrong energy. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's by choice. Sometimes it's just around you. How do you deal with that? Um. Yeah, I agree what you said. You know, I think we were raised so much to please all the time. It's not really about what do we want. Like, you know, how how were we raised? Have to share. You have to say thank you. You have to do this. It's not authentic. It's not about, it's not about you. It's always giving. Sometimes we really have to do things that nourish ourselves. To, to, to feel love within us. To feel calm. Be connected to who we are. And then we can actually see, like, through all the bullshit. Mm. If you're not connected to yourself, you're giving away so much and you're not taking care of yourself. So self-love is a big aspect, I think. The more you love yourself, the more you will spot what's good for you and what not. And the other thing I do is um, getting older. <sighs> I love getting older. Experience. Like, just experience, you know. Like I'm 33 and three now and I don't want to be 18 again. I would be constantly, it's everything matters that other people say. Am I like, am I doing this right? I'm like, what a stress. Now I'm just so bothered anymore. Yeah, I think the more self-aware you become um, and the more you love yourself, as you said, I think the more resistant you become towards negative energy and negative people. Mm -hmm. For sure. It strengthens your own energy. But I think also it's a mindset, you know, I really choose my choose my job because I want to help people and I want to heal. And one thing it has taught me that my self-practice is that there is no good person and there's no bad person. Mm. We all have we all have all aspects within you. We can respond nice to someone and we can respond evil to someone. It's about it's about a choice. And the more you meditate and do you see your reactivity and where you come from applies of you're nice because you want something or you're just generally nice, you start to gain self-knowledge. So when I, when I worked on that myself, I really saw like, I'm like, wow, I really look, what person am I? And then I saw that, wow, I'm beautiful, but I can also be like not beautiful. And then I just do more, like I really work on this, remove it in a work to just come better. 
And since I'd done that, I see people in a different way as well. I don't think like, oh, this person is bad. I'm like, just not aware. They could be beautiful. Everyone can be a shining light and an inspiration to others and a help to others. But they're coming from a place of either they've been hurt or stressed or not, not aware that couldn't cope with it. Sometimes we're, you know, so the more you work on yourself, you also develop compassion for others. So, I, so that helps to not take on that energy. If you say being around bad people, bad energy, maybe what's the energy in that moment? doesn't need to be their state all the time. So how can you help them move into a different state while at the same time not getting affected by the energy, yeah. not taking it in? Yeah. That's a great answer. <laughs> how can people uh, find out more about you and about Become Alive? Is there... Instagram page or a website that they can mm. visit. Yes. So the website is called becomealive.ae and all my progress on there, you know, um, a detox program. I've got a program for diabetes, for cancer, um, our yoga schedule. And yeah, just come uh, come by the studio. We're in um, JLT, Jumeirah Lake Towers in Cluster W. We have daily yoga classes. What I spoke about, moon, sun and fire to really guide you through. And I do personalized sessions. Um, I've got a pregnancy program, which is awesome. And the kids, a parenting program as well. And whatever, yeah, whatever misalignment there is, you know. Mm. I think um, to sum it up, what what I do, if this is right for you or not, you know, if like your condition, whatever you have, if you could come to me. My teacher says, we are like a car. We have four wheels. One is our minds, which is our thoughts. One is our emotions. One is our physical body. And the fourth one, is our energies. And if your wheels are all pointing in a different direction, or even one is pointing in a different direction than the others, you're not going anywhere. You're stuck and your life becomes an accident. So what I do is I align them into one direction so you can go fast to where you want to go in your life. So whatever misalignment you have, physical, emotional, whatever you're struggling with, you can, you can come by and we work on it. That's a great way. That's a great way to end the show. And <laughs> yeah, we have an Instagram as well. It's called um, become.alive. Become.alive. Okay. So to all the listeners out there, uh, we're going to go through all the actionable steps in a second, what you can do today to really change your life based on what Laura has said. If you want to learn more about her or about what she does, um, we'll send you and we'll provide all the different Instagram handles right after the show. And you can ask us any questions as well. Um, And see you next week. Have a great, great day. So what did we learn from Laura today? She's been through a roller coaster of events in her life. And here are some of her key takeaways. Number one, food can heal. Ask yourself, what do I want to feel today? Do you want high energy, positivity, presence? And ask yourself whether what you're about to eat will allow that to happen. And it's not just about food. It's a combination of keeping your emotions and thoughts in check. Every thought you have has a reaction on the body. Love, joy, and positivity will open up your cells and will allow you to fully reap the benefits of the nutrients you're taking in. It's a cycle and all parts play a role. Number two, yoga is not just about becoming flexible and holding poses. It's also about quieting your mind so it becomes resilient and strong and allows you to go deep inside your thoughts and emotions. In this episode, 
She describes a journey of how to build a sustainable difference in your life through yoga. So check out Become Alive to learn more. There are several obstacles that keep us stuck. Lack of clarity, lack of motivation, self-doubt, anger, lack of physical health. In order to remove these obstacles, the desire needs to come from your soul. Your current state is stopping you from getting there. The goal of self-improvement and dedication needs to be so clear and so powerful that dedication becomes easier and a decision you make in your day-to-day life will line up with this goal. And finally, we talked about parenting. It's not about treating our kids like we know what's right and controlling their every move. He or she will then constantly look for validation in the future. Laura's parenting is about helping her daughter find her uniqueness, help her become aware of what her heart desires so she can live her most vibrant life. Feel free to reach out to Laura for any of these topics. You can reach out to her through her website or through her Instagram page. Thank you so much for listening to this week's Forever Student episode. This show is for you, me, and all of us to learn and grow from. If you enjoyed this, please rate the podcast, comment and share with anyone that you believe would benefit from listening to this. I'd love to hear from you, so feel free to reach out to me at Forever Student Show across all social media platforms. Or you can drop us an email at foreverstudent at dukanmedia.com. My name is Stefan Miller, and this podcast is brought to you by Dukan Media. Thank you all, and have a great week. 